Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Have you ever, have you ever given someone something and taken it back? Now, you're not, you know, you don't have to raise your hands or anything because you don't want to own that, of course. But, but your parents probably would tell you that, yes, when you were a toddler, you did that, if not, never before. But we've all have known, been known to maybe do that. Well, I want to tell you, there's some things that you should take back. And there's some things I wish I could take back that I can't take back, don't you? Do you have some things like that in your life? Like, man, you, oh, I wish I could, you said that, and you say, oh, I wish I could take that back, right? And you're still paying for it. You know, what's amazing to me is that many times in our lives, we will do, uh, we will do something and get upset with someone, and we'll just go off on that person. And then, you know what? We will, we will say, man, I lost it. We'll, and we'll just get our friends and we'll brag about it. You know, well, I tell you what, I was with them and then I just told them this. And I told, I told them their mama's ugly. You know, I mean, like we just get into it, you know, tell them, oh boy, I told them all. And you tell, and we brag about it. So I just lost it. And we say that with this sense of pride. I lost it. You know what? But here's the question. What did you lose? Because you said you lost it. And if you lost it, that means somebody else got it, right? And really what we lost in that moment was we lost self-control. And when you lose your self-control, when you give it away, when you lose it and you give it away, that means someone else has received that control over you because you lost all self-control. And so today I just want to begin to tell you this is that I decided in my life, and I hope you make this decision in your life, not anymore. I'm taking it back. You, I am not going to give my control away of myself to anyone else, and to when I'm, deci- when I'm tempted to do that, I've got to reach inside, and I've got to take it back, because I am giving my control away. And so today, you know, maybe that's you, is that you make that decision, because maturity is not getting older, is it? I know a lot of people that's gotten older, but they're so immature. They haven't, they haven't matured at all. So age does not determine our maturity level. What determines our maturity level is our self-control. And so today, we're going to declare that we're going to take it back. And we're going to grow up. And we're going to become wiser and more mature. So, would you make that decision with me? There's, it's coming up on the screen, these four words. You might want to write them down. But let's just say them out loud. You ready? Come on. I'm taking it back. Okay, now you're going to do it with a little attitude like someone stole something from you and like, uh-uh, you ain't getting that from me. I'm taking it back. You ready? Come on, let's say it around with attitude. You ready? I'm taking it back. That's right. I'm taking it back. You cannot have my self-control. You cannot control me. I'm taking it back. I'm taking back that control. And so we want to talk about how to become a more mature person. Again, maturity does not come along with age. It comes along with growth. And it comes along with self-control. And so I'd like to give you four things today that I think is going to help you. And I'm just going to warn you right off, 
oh, this is painful to me. Now, you may be fine in all of it. You may not have a problem, but I'm going to tell you, today as I'm talking to you, I am hitting me right between the eyes, all right? And so this is for all of us, all right? So the first thing I would say this, to become a more mature person, I must control my, here it is, you ready? Reactions. Reactions. I must learn to control my reactions. Now, I want to be up front and honest with you. Our actions do not show our maturity level, how we act. Let me say it that way. How we act does not show our maturity level. And you may question that, and I understand that. But listen to this train of thought. Is that we all know how to act nice when we need to, don't we? I mean, like, listen... Rhonda and I can be, you know, at our house, and this has happened before, and we're having a discussion. Okay, you, you follow me now, a discussion, all right? That means that we're uptight with each other. And we're not yelling, screaming, cussing at each other, but we are having an intense conversation. In other words, we're mad at each other. And one of you come and ring the doorbell at our home, and we go to the, I go to the door and open up the door, and I see it's you. I'm like, hey, how you doing? You doing? Oh, it's so good. Come on in. And while you're, you're visit with us, whether it be 15 minutes or 30 minutes or so, oh, it's like, man, it, you, I'm, you think I'm the nicest person in the world. It's like, oh, yeah, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you're doing, doing well. Yeah, I've been praying about that. And, and, and then when you leave, as soon as I close the door behind you, and go, now let me tell you. <laughs> and Rhonda's like, what happened to that guy, you know? Because we all know how to act the right way when we need to, right? Matter of fact, uh, talking about acting the right way is like maybe when your a daughter goes to prom, you know, and that little guy comes and rings the doorbell to pick her up. And you know what? He's all like, he knows how to act, right? He knows, uh, yes, sir, uh, no, sir, uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I'm like, listen, you just cut it out right now. <laughs> I know who you are. I've already investigated you. <laughs> <laughs> and so we begin to, at that point, because we, they know how to act. So it's not, our, it's not how we act that determines our maturity level. Here it is. But it's how we react that determines our maturity level. And this is the one that we struggle with. And I struggle with this too because many times before my brain engages, I've, done, I've said something stupid or done something stupid. And so have you. I'm sure we've all fallen there. So we have to learn to work on our reaction. And that's what the Bible says here. In James 1, he says this, My friend, be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. That doesn't sound right, does it? You know that you learn to endure by having your what? Faith tested. Let me just say for those of you that are Christ's followers today. Every time that you have trouble, your faith is going to be tested. I mean, right, like right now, whatever situation you're having right now, God could come down right now and immediately he could right now heal every situation that you have. And he could heal it right now. He could heal it. And he could, you could say, I mean, he could visit, Jesus showed up in a physical form. He could do that for you. And then, and then, you know, six weeks from now, when you have another problem, you're, even going, to, you're going to say, oh God, you even exist. Do you love me anymore, right? Because when, we, when our faith is tested... Um, our faith is tested and we have trouble when that happens. Okay, he goes on to say this, but you must learn, you might want to circle that word learn, to endure everything so that you will be what? Completely mature, that's right. Not lacking in anything. Oh, say, so, okay, so here it is. 
There's two choices when it comes to reactions. One is a fear reaction. And this is what fear does. Fear tries to control what is out of your control with your reaction. See what I'm saying? Fear says, I got to do something, even though it's out of your control. And that's what we do. We overreact because it's out of our control. So we're hoping that our reaction is going to put something back in our control. And, and to give you an example, there's a lot of people that just, when, when things are out of their control, they just get mad and start yelling, get loud at people, get loud. And you know, and, and we say, man, that person's got an anger problem. Well, I'll tell you what, they probably don't have an anger problem. They have a fear problem. And they're using their fear. Their fear is prompting them to get angry to try to control you or other people around them. See what I'm talking about? Now, for some of you say, oh, boy, I don't know nothing about that. Well, many of us use the silent treatment as well. Right? When, think, when we're trying to gain control of people, sometimes, sometimes, well, we're, I ain't talking to them. I'll tell you what, I ain't saying nothing to them. And you know what you're doing? You're trying to get them to give you what you want. And so it's control. And so the Bible says we have to get, we have to become mature. And so the other option, so if, if you don't take the fear option, there has to be another option. And the other option is faith option. And what faith does, it says, listen, I know this is out of my control and there's nothing I can do about it, but God can do anything about anything. So God is my option. See what I'm talking about? So either you're going to react with fear or you're going to react with faith that God's got this no matter what. And, and here's, the, here's the thing I, I want to warn you. If you're an unbeliever today, if you're not a Christ follower today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you only have one option, and it's always fear. Always fear. And it's always going to cause you to overreact. And that's why my hope is that, is that you will trust Jesus as your Savior so that you can have the faith option, because it is the best option. Okay? So remember what we said. Remember those four words we said. I'm taking it back. Let's say it together. Ready? Come on. I'm taking it back. You cannot have my self-control, and I'm not going to give it away anymore. I'm taking it back. Okay, so here we go. Number two, to become a more mature person, I must take control of my attitude. Oh, why don't you write that down? Oh, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, right? <laughs> Reactions, okay, that was pretty bad. Now attitude, oh boy. Now, I got a good one for you, okay? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Buckle up. Here it comes. A bad attitude is like a flat tire. Until you change it, you're not going to get very far. Ooh, that was good right there, wasn't it? That was better than you thought you were going to get today. Okay, let me say it again because you're going to repeat that to somebody. You ready? A bad attitude is like a flat tire. You, you got, and you're not going to get very far until you change it. And so we have to learn to change our attitude. And one of the areas that where you and I, all of us in this room, okay, I'm talking to everybody, me too. One of the areas that we have to change our attitude is when we have a judgmental attitude. Oh boy, isn't it amazing how that we can become so judgmental. All of us in this room, when we see a person, we begin to to categorize that person in our mind. And we begin to judge that person. It's something within all of us that we, have to, we struggle with. And many times, uh, you know, the Bible says, look what James says here. In James 2 and 1, he says this. He said, my friends, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, you must never treat people in different ways according to their what? Outward appearance. 
So what the Bible is saying here is that we have to be careful how we judge people by how we see them. Now, what most of us would do is that, you know, we, we have a tendency in, in our culture is to look at people that maybe have had chosen a different path than we've chosen and has not done as well as we've done, and we have a tendency to look down on that person and begin to say, you know what, they just need to get it together, and we just begin to judge their life according to what we think it is. And, and that's bad, right? Looking down at someone like that and thinking, well, they're lower than us, so they need to get with it, they need to get up, they need to get with it. And, and this happens, this doesn't just happen as an adult, it happens as, as, uh, as teenagers and young people too, right? Like, do you remember ever being judged about anything in middle school? I, like when, when I was in middle school, like when we rode dinosaurs, okay, we didn't have a bus, we had a dinosaur come pick us up. All right, yeah, okay. When I was in middle school, you know, um, if you didn't wear a certain type of shoe, or if you wore a certain type of shoe, people would crack on you. Like there's one particular shoe that, uh, that I remember vividly in middle school that it had this rubber, like rubber band sole because I wore them one time. Rubber band sole around them and it had this very thin, like almost silky kind of canvas, very cheap material on it. And then like this one stripe going down the side of it. And if you wore those down the hallways of my, my middle school, they would, the, the other students would laugh at you going down the hallway and they'd say, oh, he's got a pair of buddies on. They named your shoes. Buddies, that's what they call. They called buddies. And then they'd make up a song about them. I mean, like you, you go down the middle, you're walking down the middle school, and they say, hey, he's got buddies on. It's like, it's like the school erupted in a choir, and they say, buddies cost a dollar ninety-nine. Buddies make your feet feel fine. And I mean, humiliate you. It's they begin that, that judgmental attitude, you know. And, and so you just about wear a pair of flip-flops or something. You ain't wearing no buddies, you know. And, and, and some of you laughing, but, but you know, you remember how it was in the day when you had a flip phone and everybody else had a smartphone? Oh, you, you know, right now they judge you on your phone, right? Okay, well, yeah, I got an iPhone, you know, iPhone 5. Oh, oh man, that's ancient, you know. What's wrong with you? You know, they've got about 10 upgrades by now. And so they judge you. Matter of fact, you know, my kids, when uh, they were coming up, the phones were just coming out, and, and they were like, Dad, we still got this old flip phone, this old slider phone. Everybody else got these smartphones. I'm like, hey, you, you're lucky you got that. And, and if, I, if, I knew, if, I knew now, if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, they wouldn't get a phone they got married. I mean, heck no, huh? you get married, you get a phone. That's right, uh-uh. Caused me some problems, that phone. And so what I'm saying is, see how we look down on people. We get that judgment. But not only looking down, but also we can look up. And there's people that are, have a, maybe have a little higher status than they, that, that's been blessed by God or something. And, and, you know, they're doing better than us. And it seems like, and we can think just because they look like they're doing a little better than us, we can say, they're snobby. Look at them. Oh, snobby. They, you know, yeah, they got a little more than us. Look at that car they drive. Oh, they're an old snobby person. Look at the clothes they wear. Oh, snob, you know, they're just snobby. They're stuck up. And we can begin to judge that person because they have a little bit more. And let me tell you something. One of the most hurtful times in my life is when Rhonda and I had, had uh, our third home that we lived in uh, here uh, in Pebble Brook, Southern. We lived there for 14 years. That home was like our dream home. You know, it was our third home. And, 
and it was, we had it built. It was just like we wanted. We, brought, we had invited some people over to our house, and, and we were going to celebrate our new home. And, you know, they walked around our house, and, and, the, last, and the thing they said to us was this, y'all think you're better than us, don't you? I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, you got this nice house. You think you're better than us. And I'm like, no, no, I don't think I'm better than you. And, and, and instead of celebrating with us, because of that judgmental attitude, they, they, they pulled us down. Let me tell you something. I've got over that. Matter of fact, you can think whatever you want to think, but listen, if God has blessed me, he's blessed me, and you haven't been through what I've been through to get what I got. Amen? That's right. So I, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry if, if God's blessings over my life offends you, but all I can say is get to know him and ask him and go through what I've been through so you can get what I got and do what I did to get what I got, Right? It was us that got on a budget 20 years ago. It was us that went through financial peace. And by the way, we have connect groups, by the way, starting next week. And one of those is financial peace. And I would say you, you definitely want to sign up for, uh, for one of those groups. Okay. And so James picks it up, and this is what he says. He says in James 2 and 13, If, if you refuse to act how? Kindly. You can hardly expect to be treated How? That's, see that? When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm giving a judgmental attitude and I'm speaking judgment, how, why do I think I shouldn't be judged? It's amazing the people that are most judgmental are the ones that call you out and say, oh, you're judging me. You say, you say something, they don't disagree. Oh, you're judging me. No, 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 no. I'm not judging you. And he goes on and says this. Look, look at those next three words that are underlined. Kind mercy what? It wins what? The non-judgmental attitude wins over harsh judgment every time. And so what he's saying is this, is that we have to choose a good attitude in order to overcome a bad attitude. I don't know about you, but listen, a bad attitude is natural for me. It's not. I wake up with a bad attitude. And probably you do too. And I have to choose a good one. I do. Matter of fact, even Rhonda, somebody asked her one time, said, says, Rhonda, do you wake up grumpy? She said, no, I let him sleep. <laughs> so I want to help you out here because it's a choice. And so on the back of this connection card, we have a next step. It says, I will do my best to extend mercy instead of judgment. Why don't you check that box and start in your own home? Choose mercy over just judgment. Check that box so we can pray for you. Okay. So the third thing is this. You ready? But before I say that, we got to say those four words again. You ready? Because we got to make a decision today. You ready? It says, I'm taking it. That's right. I'm taking it back. You cannot have my self-control. Okay. Number three. To become a more mature person, I must take control of my, oh, are you ready? Here it is. Tongue. Oh, I heard the moan. I have to take control of my tongue. Now, when you go to the doctor for a checkup and they reach over there in that jar and pull out that popsicle stick that's oversized, okay, you know, are you tracking with me now? What is that thing called? A tongue depressor, right? It's amazing how they got to get your tongue out of the way before they can see how you're doing. <laughs> they got they to control that tongue before they can even see how you're doing. They got to control that tongue. And so that's a sign. Now, let me just ask this question. I would appreciate you raising your hand if this is true with you. How many of you have ever said something you wish you hadn't said? Anybody? Like, anybody? Okay. 
That's the majority of us. That happened to me this week, believe it or not. I had to go to the hospital this week uh, and have a test done. I had to have uh, the light run down my throat because I've had an acid reflux uh, issue. And so to do that, I had to go to the hospital. They had to put me to sleep. And so, you know, Rhonda's, of course, there with me because you can't drive home. So they put me to sleep, and then they bring me back in this little area that's like a little, it's not really a recovery area. It's where all these gurneys are. And the only thing they have between you is a little sheet, you know. It's like a sheet on a track. It's right there, and all these beds are beside each other. But what I did not know is that I was in the area where they do colonoscopies. Okay? So I got a whole lesson. Because when they do a colonoscopy, they fill your stomach full of air, I'm, I'm told, okay? And so here I am, they brought me back in that area, and, and, and this, all I remember is this nurse coming and saying, uh, Mr. Dawes, are you ready to wake up? And I, I sort of come to, you know, and, and then she leaves the room, and about the time that I'm raising up to, to you know, just get my bearings together, I hear a noise and feel a wind from the other curtain. And I'm raising up and I say, oh my God, I hope they feel better than nasty folks. And like, I'm, I'm okay, I'm intoxicated, all right? The next thing I know, Rhonda's got me in a headlock with her hand over my mouth. Because I'm just laughing my head off. And she is just red as she can be embarrassed about what I have just said. <laughs> you can't make that stuff up. <laughs> Look what James says. He says, all of us do many wrong things. <laughs> we do. But if you can control your what? Your tongue. You are what? Mature. Oh, we got to grow up. And able to control your whole body. So here's what I'm telling you. Self-control begins with tongue control. The Bible says this. The Bible says a big ship is controlled by a small rudder in proportion to that ship. A horse, a huge horse that you ride is controlled by a small bit in its mouth. And if you, if you want to control your life, if you want to know what's controlling your life, is your words, what you're saying is controlling your life. Your words are the steering wheel to your life, and they, they will drive you into the ditch with your relationships, uh, you know, with your job, with everything. If you're not careful, your words can take you off course. And here's the good news is that not only can your words take you off course, but if you correct that and you, you begin to use the right words, they can put you back on the course. You can correct with your words. And some of you need to start with the words of, I'm sorry, when you get home. It would pull you out of the ditch and get you out of that, off that sofa at night. In the doghouse, all right? But the word, your words are your steering wheel to your life. And this is what I want you to know. This is what we say at SEC. If you don't like what you're seeing in your life, then watch what you're saying. If you don't like what you're seeing in your relationships, then watch what you're saying. If you don't like what you're seeing, watch what you're saying. Because your words are dictating your life. Just like that rudder on the ship. So we challenge you. I don't know about you, but I am tired 
of giving away control. And some of you say, well, you know, they just make me, they just make me so mad. And then I say things I don't want to say. They just make me, and I say this, I do that. What you're saying is I'm giving it away. You say, well, they just make me mad and I end up just losing and I say things, I cuss and I do this stuff I don't want to do. You know what? You're letting them take your control. The Bible says maturity is when you can control your tongue. And I don't care what you do to me. You're not pushing me to that point because I'm taking it back. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. I'm taking it back. Go a little attitude. You ready? Come on. I'm taking it back. That's right. Uh-uh. You cannot have my control, my self-control. Okay. You're scared about number four, aren't you? I mean, dang, we done went through reaction, and we talked about attitude, and we've talked about, you know, tongue. Now, what, what else can it be, right? That's what you're asking. All right, here we go. To be a more mature person, I must take control of my peace. Would you write that down? Peace. My question to you, I do not want you to raise your hand, but my question to you today is this. Are you at peace? Do you have peace? That's the question. Are you at peace? Do you have peace? The next question I would have for you is this. Is what path are you taking to pursue peace? What is it? What are you doing now to try to get peace in your life? And I can tell you what our culture says. says, okay, try to get more money. That'll give you peace. It doesn't work. And the culture says, you know, try to make better grades. If you make better grades, then, then that'll bring you peace. No, it doesn't work. Oh, try to be a better athlete. If you can just be a better athlete, then that'll, that'll, that'll bring you more peace. Oh, just have more sex. If you just had more sex, then that'll do it right there. It'll give you peace. It doesn't work. Get the title, get the career, get the, get the right job, get the right spouse, get the right house, get the right car. All those things it says, none of them work. None of them work. There's only one path to peace. Are you ready? Here it is. The path to peace is prayer. It's prayer. Why? Because prayer gets you in the presence of God. Through Jesus Christ. Look what the Bible says. Here we go. He says, are any of you suffering hardship? Now let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. You should pray. Let's just go back and make, change the you to I. You ready? Come on. Let's say that. You ready? I should pray. A prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. The Lord will make you well. He'll make you well. He's the only one that can make you well. All that other stuff won't make you well. And if you, are, you have committed any sin, you'll be what? You'll be forgiven. He's the only one who forgives sin. Look at the next verse. Philippians 4. Don't worry about what? What's the next word? Instead. Instead. That means there's a choice, right? You get to choose. Instead, pray about what? Everything. That means everything. That means everything. Every, your, your little ingrown toenail, you pray about that. You pray about the splinter in your finger. You, you pray about the, the ugly thought that just went through your mind. You pray, you pray about everything. You pray about your spouse's bad breath. Okay, all right. Just thought I'd put that out there for everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience what? God's what? God's peace. 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind. Let's read what's underlined. Ready? As you live in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Here's what I'm telling you. Without Jesus Christ in your life, you can't have peace. The only peace is, is through God. And Jesus Christ, through, through prayer, becomes the path to peace. That's it. He connects you with God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And it's because God's forgiveness and display of his love that we're forgiven and we can have peace with God. I saw this um, this week again. I was in the gym this week and, and I was talking to someone. I saw someone at our church uh, there. It's early morning. It's, it's before 6 o'clock, before 6 a.m. And I met these people and so it's unusual. And I, we was talking and then a guy walked by us and they said, that's him. I said, that's who? They said, that's one of the officers that got shot here in Henry County. And, and I said, oh, really? So I wanted to go say thank you. I wanted to go over and say, how you doing? So I, so as we, you know, I went through my workout a little bit. I went back there to where he was at and, and uh, just eased myself into the conversation and introduced myself and said, hey, man, I just want to say, how you doing? And he began to tell me his name's Sid Calloway. On February the 9th, he and another officer went to serve a warrant for an arrest for a traffic violation because the guy didn't show up to court. He said, you got to go to court. They got there. He begins to tell me they got there and, and things begin to escalate. And so they call for backup. And that's where Officer Chase Maddox comes in, the one that actually got killed that day. And the guy begins to get irate. So he runs up the stairs and they say, hey, man, come on now. We got to go. Let's go. And the guy comes down and immediately with a gun, he begins to shoot. And he shoots all three of them. He said, I'm shot. And it's knocked me to the floor. And he said, it's bad. I know it's bad. He said, because I have no strength in my body. He said, I can't even open my eyes. I couldn't do it. He said, in that moment when I was hovering between life and death. He said, I said, God, I'm good either way. He said, I began to think about my little grandbaby that was born and thought how that, you know what, I, they would have to grow up without me. But he said, God, I'm good either way. That is peace. Now, my friends, I want to be honest with you today. Is that if you don't know in that moment that you're hovering between life and death, where you're going, you will never have peace when you're not hovering there. You will never have peace in your life until you know that you know that you're on your way to heaven. You'll never know. You'll never have peace until you know the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. That's what His cross is all about. So I want to do something with you today because we knew you would be here and God knew you'd be here and we have an arrangement for you. Would you take your program out? There's this program right here. We're all going to read this prayer together. I'm going to read a phrase that says, it's a prayer to become a Christ follower. I want everyone to read it out loud with me. You say, I'm already a Christ follower. Fantastic. Read it out anyways. But listen, if you're not, you don't have to stand up, come forward, anything. As we read this prayer, you say, God, that's me. That's me. I want this. I want you in my life. So I'm going to read a phrase and then you repeat it. You ready? Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. 
I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there's one other thing I want you to do. Now, here's the, here's the step that you're going to want to take. Today, if you said, that's me, today's my day. I get to sleep tonight with a softer pillow knowing that I'm going to heaven. And you made that, you said that prayer today. On the back of this card, there's a box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Before you leave, before you turn that card into that bucket, I want you to check that box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so that we can pray for you this week. Would you stand with me now? I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask God to fill you with His peace. You ready? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for our friends today. And Lord, I pray that your peace, O oh God, Lord, would, as we allow it to come in our lives, God, it gives us that self-control. Lord, that we can control our tongues, that we can control our attitudes, oh God, and that we can control our reactions. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.